0: Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 307. I hope everyone had a good holiday weekend, Labor Day weekend. And uh, it's hard to believe for me. I I always get a little bit out of sorts around this time of year. Uh, I think more so this year than in prior years. But uh, when I was a kid, I was associated this time of year with the end of summer vacation, going back to school. This year has been even more weird obviously for everyone but it it just felt like we went from uh winter to spring to summer and now we're into fall uh you know I'm still uh, socially distancing I'm still working from home a lot so really the the major shift for me has been just the the, the weather it's longer Daylight during the summer hours, now we're getting into fall, the days are getting shorter, and uh, my allergies are acting up, so I'm feeling a little bit tired, but I always feel a little bit low energy around this time of year. In fact, I almost decided to skip this, this week's episode, but I rarely... Uh, take a break from the podcast. I like to keep a fairly consistent schedule. And uh, when I do take a break, it's usually something that's planned. So I'm going to push through and just share some random thoughts. So this has been quite a week. Yesterday uh, started out all right, but Tuesday, I first of all, I forgot it was Tuesday. I, whenever we have one of these three-day weekends, for me, they're not always that different. Uh, you know, I always... Uh, in terms of my own schedule, I do try to take some time off, but uh, I kept forgetting that it was Tuesday, thinking it was a Monday. So yesterday, uh, I um, actually had a blowout on on my car. The, the rear tire blew out while I was on the highway of all places. Now, I've had this happen before, uh, and I just don't always have the best luck with tires. But I've had uh, two other occasions where this has happened actually on the highway. And that's probably the worst place to have a blowout. But um, so what I did was uh, fortunately there wasn't a whole lot of traffic. And uh, I can share with you what the experience is like. And it's one of those things where you go through these two stages. The first stage is that you hear kind of like a whoop 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 sound. And that's letting you know that uh, there's something wrong with one of your tires. So I heard that. And then I started, I was actually in the um, left lane and I started pulling over. I wanted to pull over to the right lane because the left lane is is typically where, you know, uh, people are driving faster. So I I crossed lanes. Unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of traffic. But as I was crossing, that's where I heard the pop. And that's when I knew that the tire had just blown out. And I was able to pull over to the the, uh, side of the road. And it, it can be a scary thing if you've never had this happen. Um and uh, I you know one of the things that I do want to learn at some point is how to change a tire. I think it's probably one of those life skills that everyone should know how to do. Uh, but I didn't want to mess with it at that point. And so uh, fortunately, I have roadside assistance uh, with my car insurance, so I was able to call my insurance company. And now what what I wasn't sure was going to happen. Now I've had this happen twice before, but never in the situation that we're in now, a pandemic. I've never had to uh, call for roadside assistance. I didn't know what that was going to be like. So I called my insurance company and everything is automated. And you may have noticed that when you call places, uh, you know, a lot of times because of the the pandemic, uh, staffing is not as, uh, you know, robust as it normally is. And it's a lot of automated messaging, which can be both good and frustrating. But I have to say, this experience wasn't bad. I was worried because the last time this had happened, it took about three hours for roadside assistance to come. But today... Uh, my insurance uh phone, the the phone, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to collect my thoughts. The insurance company's f- answering uh, was, was all automated. So I punched the numbers and basically went through the menu. And it was fairly quick. And they actually said, we're going to text you a link. And they texted me the link. I stayed on the phone. I was able to go through the link. And it was basically a simple form to fill out for roadside assistance, asking everything from where you are, uh, and I was able to use the, uh, the GPS uh, locator on the, on the map app to basically give them an exact location, uh, phone number, car, make, uh, which they pretty much had. They just needed a few more details. The, which tire had blown out and if I had a spare. So I was able to uh, put all that information in and it was all done online, you know, through my phone. And within about a minute, I had a confirmed uh, service uh, uh, center that was going to dispatch a a truck immediately or dispatch someone immediately. And they came very quickly. They came, I want to say, in less than 20 minutes, which was, I don't think I've ever had a roadside assistance call that has ever come this quick before. And basically what the person did was he, you know, he's contracted by the insurance company. And he came and basically was able to, you know, he had an automated jack, lifted up the car. I got him the spare. He was able to switch it out really quick. And that was it. That was that was it. And and so, I mean, that's the benefit of having something like roadside assistance. So if, if you're considering uh, renewing your auto insurance, that might be something you want to check to see if you have. Because in these times that can be a great thing. I mean, if you know how to change your own uh, tires and stuff, I mean, that's great. And it's something that I, I definitely want to learn. I did watch some YouTube videos on it afterwards. But in these times, of, you know, it's not a bad idea if you have something like that, if you can afford something like that to have the roadside assistance. So that was a really, what could have been a really awful <laughs> day uh, actually turned out to be not so bad. And basically, I once I had what they called the donut, the spare tire on, I was able to drive it to uh, a garage and and uh, you know at, at first it was it looked like i was just going to have to have that one tire replaced but they did the the full inspection and and i usually go to the garage that's attached to my dealership so uh th- they've been very consistent and very good with the service and basically they i asked them to look at all four tires and and they basically said that the four tires and they're pretty old they've been on the car for a while they they're pretty much in a state of uh, uh rot or decay uh, a little bit uh such that eventually they're going to get to the same point that that rear tire was when it blew out so yeah it was a big bullet to bite to have to replace all four tires but i figure you know what better safe than sorry got all four tires replaced. Now, if you're in the situation where you end up with an unexpected auto repair, uh, one advice or life hack I can give you is try to negotiate. We were able to negotiate a couple of things. Uh, you know, a lot of times you're garage if you go to a regular garage especially one attached to a dealership i do recommend get on their mail list because they usually have coupons that they will email you for service appointments and i was able to get one of those applied so that knocked the price down a little bit and the the service rep that i worked with was really good i mean she really went out of her way to to make this uh, as palatable an expense as unexpected as it was as possible so i mean these things happen but uh the other thing to kind of talk through, especially when it comes to tires, is that uh, if you do uh, go to a dealership garage, sometimes you may be paying a little bit more than if you were going to an independent garage. But one of the nice things was that I was able to kind of establish that these tires are under warranty for two years. That includes any future blowouts, in which case I would only have to pay a small fee as opposed to, uh, you know, the, the full price of replacing the tire. So look into those things. You may not be aware that tires sometimes do have warranties. Um, but so that was my I spent a, a big part of yesterday with that, but it could have been a lot worse. And so I mean looking back on yesterday, it wasn't as horrible as it could be. I want to share a couple of other things that have been going on. Last week, shortly after I recorded episode three oh six, I saw that one of my friends had posted on Instagram that she was participating in something called PitMed. It's hashtag PitMed. And basically it was a day uh where you pitch to literary agents on Twitter using the hashtag PitMad, and uh, it was really interesting. I actually decided at the last minute, I think it was on, if I remember, it was either on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. I can't remember off the top of my head. But basically, you tweet out your book proposal, uh, and, and you have to get it within the characters of the tweet, and no images or links or anything like that. And if an agent or editor or someone from a publisher likes your proposal, they like your tweet, they're opening the door for you to contact them and send them a query letter or a proposal or your manuscript. So it's a very interesting, innovative way to use social media for agents to discover new writers and for writers to try to land an agent or get the attention of a publisher if they want to pursue traditional publishing. And the PitMad community, or the literary community around this, I've discovered for the first time is pretty robust. And so what was great was that I was able to let my friends on Twitter know, and uh, people supported me by sharing out my tweet proposal. And anyone I was following, such as my friend who I mentioned earlier, who's writing a fantasy novel, she had first alerted me to this on Instagram. She was participating in PitMad, so I was able to support her by retweeting her pitch. And this is yet another way that I'm pursuing traditional publishing. We're exploring traditional publishing for the book that I'm writing about Poshmark and uh, for small businesses. And if you follow the podcast, you'll know that I did an entire mini series on Poshmark last year. Speaking of traditional publishing, I recently spoke with my friend Alyssa Carpenter who wrote a book and had it traditionally published. I've also had her on the podcast a few times. And one of the things that I've learned from her is the importance of having the query letter and a proposal for your book, especially if you're writing nonfiction uh, or a business book. And that's really what I wanna share today is that a lot of your effort will be in that, what they call query letter, where you're writing out the proposal you know, there are books out there that are really good on that. You can probably find examples online, but a lot of, you know, it it sounds counterintuitive, but when you are going the traditional route, a lot of your effort and energy will be in the proposal, the query letter. And just to clarify, because I'm throwing around a lot of terms, a query letter is basically a letter of interest. Think of it as a short form version of your pitch where you're talking about the book a little bit of your background. It's usually a one pager. And if an agent is interested in your query letter, they may request a full proposal, which is a much more detailed pitch where you're talking about your book, your background, your platforms, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, They may also request the manuscript with that. It really depends on the genre of book and the particular agent. So I've been learning these things as I've been going through the process of pitching literary agents, and again, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, a lot of the literary agents, you know, they can take up to three to six weeks to hear back from. Oftentimes, you won't hear back at all. And the way I treat it is that I set a goal every week. I try to pitch anywhere between one to to four or five literary agents, depending on how much time I have that week. And then, you know, once I craft that pitch, once I send out that proposal it's out of my mind. And, uh, you know, just move on to the next one. And as you hear back, you know, just Deal with it at that point, but um, that 's my goal now. I want to see if I can get this book traditionally published uh, anyway, those are some things I wanted to share with you uh keeping everything in perspective it's kind of a topsy turvy time uh, and there's a lot going on and one thing that has been really helpful for me it has helped me uh, with my health it has helped me manage better sleep is meditation. I now do this every day i for, for many years it was hard for me to get into meditation, but uh, I've been pretty consistent over the last, I would say, six months meditating on a daily basis. It's the first thing I do in the mornings after, uh, after I work out. And uh, if you have trouble meditating, I do recommend the apps are really good. I use Calm. There's also one called Headspace, and there are probably a bunch of others. So check those out. The write-up for today's episode is at bemovingforward.com. Hope you all have a great week, and I'll be back next week.